Hey there, and welcome to another episode of The Walk. I'm Father Roderick, and it's a nice evening walk this time. At the end of a rather chilly but also sunny day here in Wageningen, my temporary home. I'm walking past the famous hotel uh, where the armistice or the surrender of the Nazi Nazis was uh, signed. Hotel The World, where normally on the 5th of May you would have uh, a great celebration with uh, even parades and everything. But of course, because of Corona, all that has been cancelled last year and this year. Same situation. I'm still getting used to my new environment. And one of the things that strikes me time and again is the moment I walk into onto the street... I hear different languages. I hear English, I hear Korean, French, Italian. Because of all the students that live here for a couple of years and study at the uh, at the university here nearby. And there is something cool about that. I love languages. I love hearing this uh, this mix of 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 cultural backgrounds. And even at the supermarket, you see that they have a much wider inventory, broader inventory uh, than in other towns in the Netherlands because, of course, they cater to all these different people that want to cook in their own style. I just finished cooking and eating my own uh, Chinese-style dish. For uh, two weeks I've been eating together with Eric and Father Henry. But at one point I was like, you know what, that's all nice and well, but I want to go back to cooking myself and also getting a better grip on what I eat and how much I eat. It's so easy when uh, you're sitting there together and and uh, you just have a nice meal to overeat or to just not pay attention. And uh, especially during the weekends, there is a tradition here of eating a lot of meat and fries, well, everything is fried. Lots of mayonnaise and other things that are uh, <laughs> considered to be uh, extreme uh, culinary sins by some to put mayonnaise on fries. But here it's quite a thing. <laughs> and I was just noticing, I, one of the things that I wanted to do was once the stress of, the, of moving would be past me, I would focus again on getting fit and uh, and losing some weight. Well, for the first two weeks, that was really not happening. As far as I can tell, because I don't have a scale, actually. Uh, so, But I, I just know that I'm not losing any weight. And so, the, the, and the other thing that um, I think was... kind of urged me to, uh, to, do, to cook more myself is that the, the the hours at which we would eat would uh, change every time. Uh, of course, as you can imagine, with a busy priest, parish priest like Father Henry, a lot of the, uh, the rhythm of the house is centers around his, his meetings and masses and obligations. And those are different every day. It's one of the things that I... Uh, I'm, I'm uh, 
Well, actually, I'm surprised that I have changed so much because I used to live a life like that where every day would be different. And, uh, and sometimes I wouldn't have time to eat. Sometimes I would eat very late, sometimes very early. Um, but over the years, I've started to appreciate more and more uh, a, a more, uh, let's say, stable uh, rhythm, <laughs> less... Uh, less chaotic schedule, and especially since I got ever since I got Corona and I went through the recovery process, I've uh, I'm, I'm much more uh, focusing on having a very very regular schedule during the day. Uh, I just uh, corrected it today because um, there is no longer. Uh, any filming going on so I usually reserved Thursday for that so I'm recording this on a Thursday and instead I um, I, I replaced the schedule for those excursions with a regular work schedule so I can uh, do my media work which it also proves to be a bit difficult <laughs> uh, especially because of the uh, uh, challenging technical situation here uh i've i think i've already told you that the house in which i live the rectory is very old i guess it's 100 years old or something like that and uh in the loft where i currently stay uh there are only two outlets for electricity and they're in the worst places and so i just don't have enough uh connectivity to 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 work properly so everything is in one corner and it, and uh, some of the uh cables or the cords the power cords are just under tension all the time because i i try to fit everything on a desk without <laughs> the whole thing uh becoming a tangled mess or spaghetti and that's uh, that's pretty hard. Wow, it's such a nice environment here. I'm uh, walking up a hill, which they call a mountain here, but it's a hill. And so that's why I'm slightly out of breath. <laughs> and on my left are these huge houses. I guess these are all uh, maybe former institutes, schools, or maybe just very rich people living here. So they've got this massive garden here on my left with trees that are in full bloom flowers tulips lots of grass it looks extremely well maintained on the other side of the road is another castle like this looks a bit like uh the castle of tintin or captain haddock if you've ever read tintin <laughs> the same type of building very very pretty uh so the and the Wi-Fi is another uh, situation, or the internet in general is is pretty problematic. Uh, they're on cable here, and up and download speeds are already on the low end of things, especially since I come from a 500-500 connection <laughs> through fiber, and all of a sudden, you know, it goes back to what is it, 1060? But then the Wi-Fi is. Uh, very, very 
uh, hard to realize because the house is so old. You've got very thick walls. So yesterday we uh, we tried to troubleshoot this with uh, an IT company that helps the parish. And we basically discovered that there is an access point, like a Wi-Fi access point, right underneath my room. But because uh, there is a concrete separation or a concrete ceiling, none of that reaches me. And I've got the lowest Wi-Fi or the lowest speeds in the, in the entire house. It's, uh, only the living room is worse. So the only way to improve that, of course, is to uh, make a hole in the ceiling and get a physical cable uh, to the to the attic and place another access point that then beams down. So that's something we're going to work on in the next couple of days. But all that makes it, uh, let's say, a bit hard to do the usual stuff that I like to do, which is streaming my podcasts or recording videos, uploading stuff. None of that actually work works very Often the connection will break in the middle of a Skype call or I have to go to voice only or even just, you know, use my old-fashioned phone to talk to people just because the Wi-Fi can't handle it. And when the signal is super weak, it will often just completely close the, the connection. So I might be gaming and in the middle of a conversation, all of a sudden, you know, I'm just talking to myself <laughs> and the entire computer is offline. In my new home, in Benicom, things will, I think, be a lot better uh, because there is a fiber connection there and uh, I, I absolutely have to make sure I order that in time. <laughs> I have to put it on my list. There are so many things that still need to happen uh, between now and the moment that I actually move into my new home. <laughs> it's a bit scary. Two days ago, uh, Hank and Inge and, and, and me uh, went through the entire uh, house in, in Benicom and wrote down everything that needs to be done. Turns out, it's even more than I thought. So basically, there's, there's nothing that, that shouldn't be upgraded. The, uh, the wallpaper that was there has been painted over. But the original wallpaper was super cheap and very, very badly applied. It's a very shoddy, <laughs> shoddy work. And, you know, so you can't really do anything. If you paint it, you'll still see all the, the air bubbles and everything. It's, it's not nice. And all the woodwork, so the doors, the, uh, the wood around the doors and the windows, all that has to be redone completely ceilings, floors, there's still uh, this, uh, uh, what is it, uh, vinyl on the, on the floor, and, and it's, it's, I think it's at least 50, 60 years old. Some of it has even started to decompose, um, so all that also needs to be replaced. I thought, if, if you've seen the, the photos that I posted, or if you are a patron and you've seen the the video tour of the of the new house. You may have seen that in the in the living room there is actually a wooden floor, which on on further inspection actually proved to be uh, also not really what I thought it would be. They um, just painted over it. It's it's basically the underfloor, so it's 
it's just the separation between the the basement and the living room so it's very thin um, and there is a lot of uh, cold air coming from the from the basement because there is basically no insulation whatsoever underneath the floor also sound wise if you walk across the living room you will have this hollow sound because you're basically walking on on an inch of wood and that's it and there there is space underneath so that's just it's going to be very hard to clean it's very uh disadvantageous for heating the house uh so i decided to cover the wooden floor with uh the uh um what is it i've got insulating foam uh and then uh we'll use the uh, fake wood what's it called <laughs> the uh laminate floor that i installed in my previous rectory we removed all that and i think it's probably going to be just enough for for the living room i'm not sure so in order to get to get things moving uh the first thing first step we're going to do is uh, strip the entire building so we're going to completely clean all the walls we're going to sand the the woodwork if necessary and uh the once it's all completely empty that's when we can start to ask for a for a to get a quote from a, uh from a painter you know what it will cost to redo everything um just looking at the sheer size of the project this is not not something i can do myself not even with volunteers it's just too much it would take us forever and so this is one of the reasons that i'm happy or glad that in the past i've always saved money for situations like this i remember a couple of years ago i was uh, learning to use you need a budget which is a uh used to be a, an app or a program now it's a service and that helps you to budget things and one of the principles of the budgeting that they recommended is you put a goal on every dollar or euro in my case so it means you don't have you don't just have money sitting in the bank you have to have a plan what do you do what are you going to do for for what is this money for and so it 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 challenges you to find these different goals for uh for your for your savings so that you always know that for the important things in your life let's say for instance you need a new car or the washing machine breaks down if you do this correctly this budgeting you will have a fund specifically for that so you don't have to worry about how you know how am i going to replace my car if it ever breaks down so instead of going from from panic moment to panic moment i'm stepping over this fence here and now i am in the botanical garden on the on the hill or the mountain <laughs> and this is one of my already one of my favorite spots to walk because it's so quiet and you've got trees from all over the world that grow here and a few days a few weeks ago when i first arrived here i did a uh, a walk i think it was on the second day and everything was in bloom but at the same time it was super cold and there was a hill storm or multiple hill storms um yeah 
those first events or these first walks, I don't think I'll ever forget those. Now on a quiet evening like this, with the, it's golden hour, so the sun is setting. It's very low, and the the color of the of the sun is 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 almost yellow gold. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous, and so it is a pleasure to walk here. And I think I see over there the uh, magnolias that I photographed earlier on. Maybe the other tree. There used to, there there were a couple of uh, cherry blossom trees here. And I think one is still has the remains of I think that's the one where I where I sheltered. <laughs> it's gorgeous. You've got the uh the uh, daffodils here, white and yellow. You hear the birds. You also hear a little bit of the traffic or there's a small uh, what is it, Vespa or something like that? I don't think they're allowed to uh, to drive here, but they do it anyway. Oh, I'm just walking on the grass here towards these two beautiful trees. Oh, this is absolutely gorgeous. So, uh, one magnolia it has a, a very deep purple color, purple, purple, uh, pink, and the the the, the big tree. I don't know what kind of tree that is, but it has um, a white pink uh, color. It's it's gorgeous. I've got to take a picture of this. This is just too beautiful to <laughs> to not photograph. And then you've got the sun. I'm trying to be a bit more adventurous in my photo, so I'm taking this one straight into the sun. So you've got that backlight of the of the colors. This is gorgeous. You've got this other white tree, or the blossom is completely white, and the sun shines through. Oh, this is so beautiful. Ah, oh, wow. If you want to see these photos, if you are remotely interested in this, then uh, I invite you to make sure you're subscribed to my Instagram channel, which I'd, I start to like even more. Oh, there's a little bit of... Uh, grease on the lens. I always hate it when that happens because you get these these streaks in your in, in the flares of the sunlight. Alright, I just cleaned it. Let me try this again and see if I can get really close. And oh this is so beautiful. Wow. Okay, I love this. So again, if you want to see the result of these photos, make sure you go to my Instagram page. It's absolutely wonderful. Oh, one more, one more. That's my motto when I'm taking pictures. <laughs> it's like, one more. Ah, this is so fantastic. Sometimes I wish I, my only job was to take pretty pictures. Now I'm going to take one more photo of the entire tree, just because I can. And so I have some context when I post it on Instagram. I like to do these um, compositions where I have multiple photos uh, in in one in in one f uh, uh, what is it picture, one post. We'll have to play around with that a little bit. Oh, this one, this magnolia is almost. 
this one is almost over. Like the leaves are starting to fall or the, the flower petals are starting to fall. The other tree, however, is still gorgeous. I can't get any closer because they uh, fenced this off. Maybe also because there are more people like me <laughs> that are just walking in the... Uh, on where they shouldn't walk. All right. Where was I? <laughs> Sorry, I got a little bit sidetracked. <laughs> oh, if I walk up this hill, I can see the other side of the mountain, and that's where you see the river, the the Rhine, in the distance. And it is a totally different type of landscape. You've got a lot of different uh, environments in a very small or relatively small area here. Uh, so I was talking about the Wi-Fi problems and all the technical problems. Um, it, it makes it challenging, but in the new house, that'll hopefully uh, be a lot better. Um, and what I'm going to do is get... To, oh, yes, I was talking about, about budgeting. So because I was challenged by you need a budget to... Uh, add some goals to my uh, overall savings I remember writing down Hobbit House <laughs> I was like I, at one point in my life I want to build a Hobbit House or at least a house that feels like it could be in the Shire and now I'm thinking I'm glad that I, that I uh, took out a portion of my savings just for that it's basically um, money that goes towards uh, making uh, making me feel at home, having a nice creative environment. That's something I I think I I learned from George Lucas. Uh, in many interviews, he said when he was rebuilding, or when he was building Skywalker Ranch, and he uh, bought this huge uh, piece of land north of uh, San Francisco. He said, "I'm go- just going to rebuild." Uh, this area in the style of the um, uh, of, of, of the golden days of, of American culture, well, Western American culture. Um, so I'm just gonna uh, make everything Art Deco, and and I want to use pastel uh, colors for all the houses. Lots of wood, and because he said if people work. In a beautiful environment, and it's gorgeous there. It's also near these big forests, these centuries-old forests. Uh, if they live in a in a in a in an environment with beautiful architecture, with uh, na- lots of nature, it will have an impact on what they create. Beauty enhances and stimulates creativity, and I think that's absolutely true. And it's something that I've always. Uh, it was always my ambition to to live in an environment not necessarily luxurious i don't care that much about uh about stuff but to live in a beautiful environment so the fact that i'm walking here you may hear the birds uh there's the sound of a boat on the river there in the distance this this quiet peaceful beautiful park is First of all, it makes me happy to walk here. It makes me very grateful. But it's also motivating and stimulating to to be in this environment. 
And so one of my goals is to make the new home feel really like a home. And uh, that is why I'm not hesitating to uh, invest a little bit in, for instance, a painter. Because I know it will also take away the worries. Ah, Look at that gorgeous side here. This is... um, Oh, according to this information sheet, this mountain on which I was this hill was formed by uh, glitchers, by ice, 150,000 years ago. This is where the ice stopped, and so it created this wall. Very cool. Uh, it, 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 it takes away the stress of do it, trying to do it myself. Of course, doing it myself would save some money, but... <laughs> this was an important eye-opening moment for me when when uh, my uh, uh, fin- the, the the person that does the finances for for Tridio told me, but your hourly rate is much higher than the painter that you're going to hire, or the whatever you know. This was not in for this situation, but he said. So imagine, of course you can save some money by doing it yourself, but at the same time it will rob you from. The, the, the opportunity to do work that is actually more valuable um, even from just a financial point of view and wow, I was like, yeah I never <laughs> looked at it that way because I was brought up with this idea that you always have to uh, turn every penny and be very, very uh, careful with how you spend money and this is even enhan- more enhanced by the fact that uh, I'm, I'm very much aware that I can do this work because of the donation of donations of the people that follow me. And so I don't want to splurge on anything. So that's why I'm going to use my savings to invest a little bit, knowing that that will also free me up to create more programs for you. And uh, the, uh, the only thing that I'm kind of waiting for is uh, a bit of normalcy in a certain way these two weeks have asked a lot in terms of uh having to adapt to the to the new situation and i've also noticed that that is uh takes a a lot of energy so i sleep so much and I, i sleep so deep i'm taking another picture in case you're wondering why i'm crouched here a little tip here if you want to make you're in a park and you want to give your photo a little bit of oomph get low to the ground and it will change the perspective just enough that it will make 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 the difference between just a snapshot and a photo anyway so uh the uh these two weeks were mostly for me adaptation slept so much more than normal um, and even I wonder if, if there's not a bit of a, a, a lingering bit of, you know, lo- uh, long COVID going on. Uh, about an hour ago, I wanted to uh, cook and I got all flustered all of a sudden. So it was as if the blood was rushing to my head. I had these bright red cheeks, <laughs> which is really not normal for me. And I don't know. I, I didn't check my heart rate, but I, want, I, I assume it was up as well. And that there was no 
particular reason for that. It's just one of these things that happened a lot when I was still recovering from COVID. And, uh, and sometimes I get these moments where it's almost as if the body just for a moment kind of reverts back to its uh, red alert state. That's why I'm actually glad that I could go for this walk because it uh, usually physical exercise helps to calm me down, even though I may be climbing <laughs> upstairs or whatever. Uh, but now that, I, that I've been here since basically uh, Holy Thursday, I've decided that it's time for me to uh, be a bit more strict with myself and also to put some boundaries up. So I, I love being in this house. It's great to be able to talk with Father Henry and socialize. And now Luigi, uh, our uh, Italian student, is back from the north of Italy where he stayed with his parents and, uh, and family. And of course, it's very tempting to just socialize all the time and spend an inordinate amount of time just uh, uh, relaxing and talking and but I know that it's that's not good for me. I need a certain schedule. I need to wake up at a fixed moment, go to bed at a at a regular time, and eat also at a fixed moment. So right now I'm uh, I I want to start working at nine. I want to have lunch at twelve thirty, and I want to eat dinner at six thirty. That's going to be my schedule from now on. Which means that I can't always join the rest of the group for dinner or lunch. But, you know, that's, <laughs> that's not a problem. There are so many occasions to talk. I see a lot of students here. What is this building? I wonder if it's just a, a, a clubhouse or something. What is this? I don't know. There are lots of young people here. Oh, Henry's calling me. Hold on. Hey, Henry. Oh, ik had het gewoon als reserve. Ik kon niet helemaal op, maar je mag het opeten. Het is niet echt heel bijzonder lekker, vond ik zelf. Het is, het is, het is niet zout genoeg. Nou, stop het in de magnetron en eet het lekker op. Oké, okay, smakelijk. Doei doei. That was Father Henry. He was calling me. He just uh, came back from Mass and he's hungry. And Luigi has already made some dinner for himself. I'm not sure if Eric is there. So he saw that I had some leftover uh, <laughs> noodles. He's like, can I eat that? Or is that for you? For, for some? No, he said, he didn't say, or is that yours? He said, or is that for another purpose? <laughs> so I told him, just go eat it. It's not very good. One of the problems that I have is that I don't have my my herbs just the ingredients that I normally use to cook uh, more oriental style dishes so I don't have the uh, oyster sauce and um, the uh, what is it the, the, the uh, black bean so uh, sauce and the garlic powder and the onions and so the whole thing was a little bit tasteless but, uh, well, at least uh, someone benefits from it. What I like about this is, is basically stir-fry. It's super simple. A little bit of meat, almost no meat. 
uh, and lots of veggies. And that's the advantage of stir fry. You can just mix in a lot of veggies, and uh, and it, it it doesn't taste just like a like only a veggie dish dish. Uh, so anyway, so this is a good example actually of what happened. So Father Henry has his mass. It's seven thirty. Um, and he's got a meeting in 20 minutes from now. So he basically has 20 minutes to eat, to eat dinner. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that is actually not very much. And personally, where am I going? I'm a little bit lost in this big park. I'm going here where these uh, ladies come from because I see some houses there, so that's probably on the way back. But this is a good example of his... Uh, schedule where it's just from one thing to another and he's got a number of churches this is not the biggest parish of the diocese there are huge mega parishes right now this one has just a limited amount of, of churches but still he's busy he's very busy plus he's he doesn't have a big pastoral team to help him out he's basically the only priest uh, temporarily he's got a seminarian who helps him out but of course it's just an internship so that is not walking through a, a group of students that were hanging out here <laughs> socially distancing I have to say <laughs> that's not always the case with young people but um, uh, I, I started to notice that this kind of chaotic lifestyle is just not for me not at least not at this point in my life um and uh so it, it feels a little bit awkward to have to say no when people say it was like uh, this afternoon i was uh, preparing my podcast and i was just writing some voiceover texts for the tv show that I had to go to my editor and i was in the middle of of that work concentrating and then i get a phone call from downstairs and they're like well hey luigi made some uh pasta carbonara and would you like to join us but that was at noon and i was like i'm not hungry yet i'm sorry well we'll, we'll keep you a plate i was like no no, no don't do it because i know that if i eat a, a full plate of pasta even though it's great i love carbonara but i'm just not gonna work afterwards <laughs> i need a siesta just to get over this uh this uh blood sugar spike that that uh, un, you know refined pasta causes, but in, in, uh, on the other hand, I also, I'm also like you know I don't want to be a spoil sport. I want to be social, um, but I cannot sacrifice my work and my health for just this idea that otherwise I'm not socializing enough. That's basically just in between my ears because I I asked Father Henry if you know is that a problem if I cook for myself more often in the weeks to come and he said no no just go ahead do whatever suits you and if you want to eat with us and just you know just ask who's cooking and then uh, we'll let you know so that's it that's that's good um in many ways remember i talked about the cat there's this stray cat it's a gorgeous cat um he was very sick when he arrived a year ago around this time he was uh very thin his uh uh his pelt is that what you call it so his his you know it's a it's a 
black cat. I think they call it a tux- tuxedo cat in at least parts of the United States. So he's got this l- little white triangle underneath his head. And, uh, and he's got nice white feet. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous cat. Uh, but according to Father Henry, when he arrived, the cat was so ill. At, the, at first, the um, gardener started to feed him. We assume it's a him. We don't know for sure. And then uh, gradually, Father Henry and the other students took over. And now I'm trying to befriend the cat. They called him Arturo. They gave him a, a nice uh, classic Italian name. And he's still extremely shy. And it's my goal to get the cat to a doctor. Because he's never been treated and since he's been living in the wild for so long uh, so probably he he already was uh, roaming the city way before he was uh, adopted here he probably never got treated for worms and and fleas and whatnot let alone neutered I'm not sure seems like an old cat to me but you never know uh, so, in order to bring him to the doctor, of course, the first thing I need to do is catch him. And I can't really catch him if he is so uh, suspicious of humans, which he currently is. And so, I uh, got a lot of advice from my followers on social media, telling me to take it easy, take it slow, give the cat uh, time to get used to you, um, and very, very small baby steps when it comes to befriending this cat. What I think is the cat has never been socialized, so he probably never was in a, in a family, because he uh, shows almost no social behavior. Uh, when you speak to him, he will never look at you, at least at first. Now, when I bring him food, I keep talking to I, 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 you know, I, I keep having a conversation with him. I try to use a very friendly voice. Um, I always try to associate every encounter that I have with a cat with uh, something positive for him. So I'm always uh, careful not to scare him, not to make any loud noises or sudden movements. And at first, he stayed away, and the only moment he would eat was when I was inside. And I could observe him through the, through the door, through the window in the, in the door, in the back door. And then sometimes he would glance at me. And when he saw that, when we were making eye contact, he would immediately revert his, or avert his gaze. As if to tell me, you know what, I, 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 just, I didn't just make eye contact. I, I really ignore you, seriously. So <laughs> there's this, this game almost going on between Arturo and me where I want to be friends and he is constantly uh, letting me know I'm not ready for this. I, I don't think I want to be friends right now. But on the other hand, this priest gives me food and he seems friendly and, you know, it's, I feel safe. But no, 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 I'm not going to look him in the eye. No, of course not. <laughs> so what Arturo is teaching me is that friendship uh, can take a long time adapting to a new situation, which for the cat and for me, this is rather new, novel. I've never uh, had any extensive contact with cats because I grew up with dogs. So cats, I only know cats from from social media, which, by the way, 
usually very positive because cats make me laugh. There's something inherently comedic about the behavior of cats because it's so unpredictable and sometimes so (laughs) not what you want the cat to do. But I kind of like that. So the fact that Arturo is... uh, Oh, I need to do that. I've just been passed by uh, a student who is uh, running at a very good, brisk pace. Now I want to go out for a run as well. (laughs) Maybe after dinner is not the right time to do that. Anyway, so uh, it it really takes time for the cat and for me to to get to know each other. And I what the what I've noticed is the the best thing that I can do is to show him time and again that I don't require him to do anything. You know, if he wants to look at me, that's fine. If he wants to eat, that's okay. Uh, if he wants to stay away, that's fine too. So there is no pressure on the cat. Let him come to me. I don't want to force anything because I know it will only make things worse. And that seems to work. So every, well, not every day because the other students also give him food from time to time. What I try to do is give him, feed him twice a day. Uh, I looked up how much a cat should eat. Uh, I've got lots of advice about whether or not to uh, give milk to the cat. So I stopped doing that. Uh, and then every time I feed him I stay there and at first of course he didn't want to come closer because I was outside I was not behind a door and it felt unsafe but then his hunger took over and so when he saw that I wasn't moving at all I was just sitting there he very very slowly started to approach his food took a bite and then immediately ran away and then he returned and took another bite and then he saw that I wasn't doing anything so cautiously eyeing me from the corner of his eye he ate his meal that day and from that moment on it was fine I didn't have to go inside and immediately after he finished his food he would uh, uh, you know walk away again or at least it would be eyeing me he's not in any time uh, at any time uh, approaching me to I, I cannot touch him uh, it, he won't really stay there to have a conversation but there is this very subtle change in his in his behavior so he's starting to look in my direction more often than he did at first and uh, the first few days when I talked to him and I tried to make eye contact. He would hiss at me. He would... <laughs> and now he's even meowing a little bit when he sees me. And it's still kind of in that style of... Meow. Why don't you feed me earlier or I'm still hungry? But at least he is, he is making an effort to communicate. And so, again, what that teaches me is that for for a bond to develop and I don't I absolutely don't know where this is going to go and whether or not I'll ever be able to to domesticate him especially since I don't know how long I will stay here Um, but the first thing you need to do is give the cat space and if he doesn't want to socialize that's fine you know it's not necessary I'll be there to feed him anyway and I'm thinking in, in, in maybe the reason that I'm uh, so charmed by this cat is that in the subcon- on a subconscious level I'm a little bit 
identifying with a cat. I am also a bit of a, a stray priest here, <laughs> a refugee without a home. And just like they gave Arturo some food and a box to sleep in, um, Father Henry has uh, graciously granted me to live in the, the loft upstairs and, uh, and <laughs> wants to make sure that I get proper, properly fed. Um, but just as Arturo sometimes, you know, I'm still kind of struggling with the change and trying to, you know, feel at home and, uh, and also kind of uh, establish my own routines again, which is difficult. Uh, in a in a situ- in a situation where you don't control uh, the rhythm of the day, uh, your environment, like for the new house, I can say you know I this is going to be my my study room, so I need a place for the computer. I want this to be good. I want a good internet, and I'm just going to make sure that it works for me. I can't do that here because I don't own the house. I don't live here. Uh, I'm just a guest here. So I try to help, but I'm also uh, aware that I cannot uproot uh, the community by imposing my way of uh, organizing things. I did. A li- I helped a little bit by reorganizing the cupboards, and uh, now I did. Uh, I, 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 no, I didn't clean, but I reorganized the fridge this morning. So there's much more space and it's easier to find what you need. But I'm also aware that if they want to change it back, if it doesn't work for them, then, you know, basically <laughs> that's their prerogative. And that's important for me to, uh, to also respect. But I'm thinking if I just be like Arturo here and... I just give myself time to get used to the new situation. I uh, I don't force my own habits and stuff. And if if that is mutual, then I think that over time we'll probably get a good settlement. <laughs> so, for instance, in the first two weeks, Father Henry constantly invited me to come over to the church for uh, the uh, liturgy of the hours. Um, because he prays that with a small group of, of uh, parishioners. But I, I know that that doesn't work for me because I'm a bit more like a hermit. I like to pray the Liturgy of the Hours in my room. It's one of these moments where, for me, uh, it's, it's a moment where I don't have to focus on anything. Uh, and uh, especially in the recovery from covid I heard from my therapist that that is important to have these moments where, you know, it's just quietness, silence, meditation. Uh, If I am in a group, I have to constantly adapt to the other people that are praying, to their style of prayer. And I just need a little bit of prayer space for myself. So, uh, even though it was difficult to say no, I still did. And now I have my own prayer rhythm and I'm very happy with that. All right, that's enough for now. I'm back at the rectory. I'm going to get inside. I don't want to podcast inside the house. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for listening to my, my babbling here about the new situation. Keep following me on social media if you want to see the pictures. And I'll be back before you know it. 
Thanks for those of you that are supporting me on Patreon. And if you want to see what my new house looks like, there is a video for my patrons over at patreon.com slash fatherodrick. God bless.